God equips us. Uh, Johnny read the scripture, uh, Psalms 141, 142, and 143 uh, are these psalms where David's crying out for help. And that's where we spent most of our time this week. But today we get to 144. Turn your Bibles there. It's going to be on page 524. If you've got a Bible in your pew, you can grab. It transitions. It goes from this cry of help to celebrate what God has done in his life. Because at this point, David has become king. He, he has went from uh, uh, in a position where he needs God's help just to survive, where he's saying, God, thank you for providing in my darkest of times and making me ready to be king. Uh, if you have been reading along with us, we ended Psalms yesterday. I would encourage you to read Psalms 150 again today as we praise God. Tomorrow, begin with us as we study uh, Philippians and then Colossians and then First and Second Timothy and Hebrews. Uh, through the month of July, we read five chapters a day to get through Psalms. This month, we're going to read one chapter a day and get through five books. So it's very different, very different reading. But I encourage you to dive deep and grow deep with us as we study God's Word. Psalms 144 is very different than the rest of the Psalms. It is written from the mindset of not David, who's crying out for help, hiding in a cave, hoping he doesn't die. Now he's sitting in the palace on the throne, and it's the mindset of the warrior king. And he's praising God for what he's done to get him there. For years he had been attacked and there had been doubters. In fact, from the point where God says, hey, you're called to be king, and Samuel anointed him with oil, we believe it's roughly 15 years of frustration and running and, and, and fear and needing help from God. And at this point, 15 years after being called, he's king. And this chapter that we're going to study today is a thanksgiving of praise and a testimony from David. Here's what he's saying. God, you've trained me. Uh, a little bit different than Rocky Balboa, but David's saying, you, you've, you've equipped me to be the king and I'm giving you praise. As we dive into this, I wonder what your testimony is. I don't know that any of you are king other than of your own home, a queen of your castle, but here's the reality. God has equipped you, trained you for just this time to be a part of his kingdom. Here's David's testimony in Psalms 144, verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. David was an elite warrior. His, he had a mastermind for battle. He, he, he did amazing things and conquered uh, many other enemies, including Goliath, we know, as a, as a young man. He knows, though, that really what provided success... And what provides us success is God's equipping. Look what he says. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. In the highest of high positions, as king of, of all of God's tribes, as he united uh, God's people under his uh, kingdom, he says, God, you're the reason that all this is possible, and I give you credit. I know you're not king, but when's the last time you gave God credit? David in this high, high place where he's getting the position where everybody's under him. He says, God, you're the one who gives uh, uh, me all this ability. You're my rock. He understood that he was trained for a purpose. At this point in life, David could have sat back and says, man, I've, I've arrived and I need to be honored. But he says, because of your training, I have a purpose he goes back to the time when he was trained as a shepherd boy. Uh, something that for a while he probably wanted to overlook. Uh, he, while he was being the shepherd to his father's sheep, his brothers were all fighting war. And he so much wanted to be at war. But God was training him with the sling and with his harp. 
His brothers had different opportunities to, to become specialized soldiers, and he was tending sheep? It just didn't make sense. What was God doing? But God used David's diligent training and with the sling and the harp to prepare his fingers, the Bible says, and his hands to be a warrior. I don't understand all those details, but God gave David a special blessing of training and equipping to make him right to be king. And David praises God for this, the perfect training. It was less than oppressive sometimes, but he says, God, you equip me. Here's the main thought of today. David's saying, the Lord equips me. The Lord has made me ready for for what is to come. And God is equipping us today. And sometimes we don't fully appreciate what God's doing. I I want you to know sometimes right now in your life, you'd be like, I don't know why I'm stuck in this phase of my life. David was stuck in caves for almost 15 years. And he says, in all of that equipping, God made me ready to really be king. I think God's doing something in you today, equipping you for something that he has for you now and in the future. But let me ask you to embrace this truth that David understood. The Lord equips me. The Lord equips me. I want you to say that on the count of three. We're going to say it with with a lot of conviction because it's truth. Uh, just, Just say this together. The Lord equips me. One, two, three. The Lord equips me. I want you to turn to someone around you and say, the Lord equips you. He's doing it. It's true. It's in the word. He did it for David, and he's going to do it for you. He he equips me. He trains me. And some of you are thinking, my training days are over. First service, I saw quite a few heads nod. I've done my time in the nursery. I've led the service projects. I've served in the kitchen. I've went on mission trips around the world. I've taught Sunday school. I've done it. My training days are over, and some of you feel that way also. But notice in the text, in verse 1, it says, God trains my hands. David is on the throne. Did he say, God trained my hands? No, he said, God trains me. He's training me. It's present tense. Even though he has arrived and he could sit back and think everything is good, God is training David even as he's on the throne. So here's my message to 8.30 service and 10.45 and you watching online. God is training you now. It's present tense. It's happening. It's not something that's in the past. I so am thankful for our elders here. We have 12 of them. And many of them have served for a number of years. I'm thankful we're getting younger, but I'm also thankful for our eldest of elders. Uh, He will tell you that he's the eldest of elders. His name's Ron Schaufelberger. I don't know how many of you know Ron, but he has been uh, serving God's kingdom for a long time. He serves in a lot of different ways with the Gideons, with the food pantry. I mean, you name it, Ron's done it. And there was a time when he had fulfilled his term of eldership. And we have this uh, responsible rule that after you do two consecutive terms, you take at least a year off. And Ron thought after that last uh, fulfillment of his terms that maybe he was going to no longer be trained. He was going to just kind of sit back and relax and, and let uh, maybe some other younger guys fulfill that position. But it was very clear to us coming out of the pandemic that we still needed, while we brought some younger guys on, we needed some of the most mature elders we have, our eldest of elders. And Ron prayed about it, and he was convicted with this. Right before he said yes to another term of eldership, he says, if you're not dead, if you're not done, okay? Ron believes that. If you're not dead, you're not done. My my, my thought of this also, if you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose, 
That you're never going to get to a point where God is not using you and training you. And I'm so thankful for examples in that way. David was being trained for a specific purpose. You know, he was being trained at times for war. To be a warrior with the sword, with the sling, with the shield. Anything he could put in his hands. I mean, he, he was a man's man, a warrior's warrior. He was an elite fighter. And so you may be like, God... Are you training me to be a, a warrior? Not in the same physical sense, likely. Many of us will never have to take up arms, Lord willing. But we are trained for battle. We're trained for war. It's a spiritual war. The Bible tells us that our, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with uh, uh, forces, spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And we must be preparing for this. And we are prepared uh, to fight with one main weapon, and it is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And we have to be in it. That's why all year long, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but ever since January 1, we have been in uh, the Word of God as a church family every day. Uh, through the month of July, uh, you, you may have read five chapters a day with us. It is so important for us to be soaking up the Word, the gospel, the good news. The Bible is our, our weapon. Look what it says in 2 Timothy. All scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God is training us uh, to be about what he is doing for his will. No matter your age, your gender, your background, what, you've done or, what you have done or what you haven't done, God wants to specially infuse his word into your life so that you can work for him in maybe the strangest of circumstances. I don't know if you know it, but God's equipping you. Right now, in some way, maybe just through inspiration, God is equipping you to be his servant of his kingdom. He, he, he wants us to serve others for his glory. And for most of us, it won't be as king. I know for me, I'm not even king in my own castle at times, okay? And that's okay. But here's the reality. It might just be as a custodian. You're like, what does that have to do with it? Well, I, I want to share with you a story through a testimony. Just this week, I was talking uh, to our current custodian, Don Ackerman, about how he's so gifted in all these things he does. If you're around here for even a day or two, like at VBS, Don can do just about anything and everything he sets his mind to. Don is currently our custodian. We, we were pretty worried when Gina, a custodian of over 20 years of her church, who knew everything about the church uh, and, and knew most of our people, was she retired from this job and went to Florida. We're like, we're in trouble. But God had a plan, and he brought Don to us as our current custodian. He also happens to be our in-house maintenance man and a resident DJ. If you happen to be at the VBS party on Thursday night at the, at the city pool, if you saw the DJ there, that was Don. And I love the fact he's got a DJ equipment. He's got like a computer stacked with Beach Boys classics. I mean, I love it. He, he's equipped. And I asked Don this week, I said, how in the world... Did God put you in a position to know all the things you do? And today I would like you to hear that testimony. Let's give it up for Don Ackerman as he comes to share. Thank you, Don. Wow, I was kind of hoping for this rocky theme as I came up, but you know. So um, let, me, let me just run through this real quick. And, and 
Here, here's my invitation to you all. Sometime this week, go back and think of how God has equipped you and what he's equipped you for because it gets used in ways you don't expect. I want to tell you a little story real quick about a guy named Bob Dunaway. Um, I worked for him at Colonial Bread, and Bob would come down to the secondhand uh, store where we would sell day-old bread, and he would bag groceries for people, and he would carry it out to their cars with them, and he would talk to them, and more importantly, he listened to them. Um, I asked him one day, Bob, why, why do you do that? Why would I ask this guy why he does that? By the way, Bob was the president of Colonial Bread, bagging groceries and carrying this out to folks. He says sometimes people just need to be listened to. Strong Christian man taught me an awful lot about um, being a Christian in the bread store or wherever you're at. Um, then Colonial Bread closed unfortunately, um, and I needed a job. So I went to work for uh, Greenville College, Greenville University, as you all probably know it now. Um, and uh, I was a janitor. I liked the job. It was no pressure. It was good. Uh, one day my boss came to me and he said, listen, we need somebody to organize our crews. So I ended up being um, the organizer, the supervisor for the summer crews, the painters, the grounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got to teach a few classes. That was pretty cool. Enjoyed that. Uh, theater workshops and those type of things. Um, service master came in and, and they contracted out everything that I was doing for the college. So I got to go to work for service master. For those of you who don't know service master, it's what it sounds like. They were founded on Christian principles. We are going to serve the master. Number one rule with service master was to honor God in all that we do. I was in hog heaven. It was great. I was in my place. Um, service master got bought by another company, and their number one thing was to grow financially in everything that we do. Wasn't comfortable with that. We kind of lost the focus that I thought was so important to me and to those around me. I went to work for BJC Healthcare. Um, for those of you who don't know, BJC Healthcare is a uh, conglomerate of 15 hospitals in uh, St. Louis and the Metro East. Um, great place to work. They love for you to learn things and get better at what you do. So one day I'm walking down the hall and my boss says, named Stephanie Travis, um, neat lady, says, hey Don, would you like to learn to be an emergency management person? Sure. I have a tendency to say, sure, if anybody says you want to learn something. Um, so I did. Um, two weeks into that, there was a train wreck, Amtrak, just not too far from the hospital. I went into panic immediately because my job was to head out there and make sure that everybody was taken care of and so on. Fortunately, I got there, and the people who were there knew what they were doing long before I did and much better than I did. Um, so God was working with me. He wanted me to learn that. He wanted me to learn to lead. He wanted me to learn the emergency preparedness type thing. I worked for uh, uh, BJC 15, 20 years, and it was time to retire. And I got to tell you all, I'm horrible at retirement. I got to do something, right? Um, the position here at the church came open, and I was very grateful for that. Um, I, I love working here with the folks that I get to work with. They're very, very driven every day to service, and that's what my life is about. Um, so here's kind of the progression. Bob Dunaway, Colonial Bread. I learned a lot from him about 
dealing with people. Greenville College, I learned a lot about service um, and organizational skills. Service Master, I learned that everything, everything, everything that you do needs to be centered around God and honoring God. Um, and then I got to go to BJC. I learned the more of the organizational skills, emergency preparedness, how to be an emergency preparedness person and a Christian at the same time. It's possible no matter what you're doing. Um, now, let me just leave you with this, folks. I have three things that I would have just stuck in my head that you got to know, you got to do, you got to believe. Martin Luther King said, should you be a street sweeper, do it well, so that the host of heaven and earth will pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a king or a custodian, do it well. The most important thing you'll do today will be done for someone else. Put others first. You'll feel so much better about your life and theirs in the end. And finally, out of Colossians, it says, whenever you do, do it as if you were doing it for God. You think I'm not going to pick up God's trash or uh, get his spill if he spills something? I am. Those three things, if you just do those, God will smile. Thank you, Don. Great job. I don't know if you caught it. Don says he gets to work with us. Here's the truth. We have realized we get to work with Don, and he is a blessing. Uh, when you retire next time, Don, it has become relevant to me. You're going to be the best film preacher in Bond County as you go out. Uh, it's just a blessing. He, he just says yes as, as opportunities come into him to, to serve the Lord. And, and it, 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 he realizes that God is equipping him. God is leading him. And it's amazing how his past seemingly insignificant trainings have led to him to be a perfect member of our team right now at the church. God is training you. He, he's equipping you. Will you accept it? It may not be as custodian. It's probably not going to be as king. But God is equipping everyone that he calls. Now that's going to be the key to the next movement of this message, that God is calling you for his service, to, to serve others, to give him glory. And if you have been called, he will equip you. It's not this question, well, God has called me to be his child, but he hasn't given me anything. That's not true. He's given you gifts and abilities to shine for his glory. I want you to hear another ministry partner testimony. Many of you just met him just a little bit ago, Jared from Mustard Seed. And I want you to hear uh, the emphasis that he has been uh, driven to his heart that God is going to equip him because he's called. Let's give it up for Jared again as he comes. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I have been church planting for 13 years, uh, but by no means have I made it to this point on my own strength. See, when I was uh, in high school, when I was 16 years old, I became a Christian. I didn't grow up in a, a Christian home. And so I didn't have background in knowing the Bible. I didn't understand the Bible. Um, but God put a call in my heart that I, I felt like I, I wanted to serve him with my life and go into ministry. And, and in that time, God opened a door and he, he made it possible for me uh, to go to Bible college after feeling that call to ministry. 
Well, as much as I, I didn't know about the Bible, I also didn't know about ministry. In my mind, there were three things you could do. You could preach, you could lead worship, or you could be a youth minister. Those were like, that's what you do in church. So, um, uh, but, but God provided teachers uh, to open my eyes uh, to the, the, the work of church planting. Because there are so many ways to serve God in his kingdom. Um, and, and along with that, he opened my eyes to unreached people groups, people who don't have the opportunity uh, easily to, to hear the gospel or who haven't really been uh, saturated with gospel teaching at any level. And, and so God used teachers and people to speak into my life, to help me understand and to learn how to, to read the Bible and to teach the Bible. And after that time, uh, God opened a door to Japan, to Japan um, which was unreached people group and church planting. Um, and as we moved to Japan, there were challenges because uh, I didn't speak Japanese. And there's a lot of Japanese-speaking people in Japan. Um, but that was, he provided a school for us. So we were able to learn Japanese. Um, and it is hard. It is very challenging, difficult, stressful. I should still have a full head of hair, but I don't. Um, thank you, Japanese. And, uh, but God worked through that. He used that to, uh, to help us be able to communicate with the people around us, to serve uh, those who we would then serve as we went on to plant a church. And that opened up to the challenges of ministry. Uh, we were able to, li I was able to listen to people in their own language, to, to counsel them, to walk through them. But there's still these boundaries of culture and really understanding what people are talking about. And so through that, God provides other Christians, Japanese Christians, uh, to help and to walk alongside me as I'm walking alongside with people who are hurting, to, to be able to, to minister to them, to share the love of Christ with them, and even share the gospel uh, with them. God, he provides in the moment, and he comes alongside of us. And I also wasn't equipped a few years ago to walk through what would have been what has been the most difficult season of my life when uh, we lost my wife's mother and and, uh, and brother uh, very suddenly. We we weren't fully equipped to walk through that, but God brought people into our lives to help us through that time. He, God helped me love my wife and my family well. And equip me to know how to, to, to be with her and to be, uh, be present. Uh, he equipped us not only with a comfort that we really didn't understand, but again, with people to come alongside of us. And now we, we feel equipped even to be able to walk through others as they walk through similar challenges and difficulties. You know, I didn't step into any of these. I didn't walk into any of these fully equipped. And I, I honestly think probably no one in this room does. We don't walk into these fully equipped. Uh, one of my professors in college uh, would often say, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. You know, I've seen this to be true in my life and the life of so many others. Because it's when we're in a place of faith and trust in who God is and what God can do through us, that we listen to that call in our life. And he's going to fully equip you with whatever you need. What's amazing is that, that God even equips you to hear that call in your life. Uh, 
And he's going to equip you as you follow that lead. Because God, he's faithful to do what he wants to accomplish through you that will bring him glory for the life, in the life that he's given to you. Thank you, Jared. I don't know if you caught it, but it's real for all of us. If you're a believer of Christ, if you give your life to him, he doesn't call you and say, hey, you can be a part of the team if you get all this figured out. God doesn't call the equip, but he equips the call. He trains those who say, I trust you. He prepares us for battle when we step up and say, we're with you. He doesn't come to say, I think you can make the team better. He says, you're welcome to be a part of the team. And then he trains us. I'm so glad he's done that in Jared and John, uh, Don. You might say, well, I've not been equipped. It's not true. If you're a believer, if you've been saved by Jesus, here's the reality. Look at 1 Peter 4. God has given each of us gifts with great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So we're to serve the things we've been given and, and develop our equipping for God's glory by serving others. Are you going to do that? It's a great opportunity. In fact, it is your call. It's what God asks of us. And so we're going to set our church apart to do that with one specific day. While we should be doing it all, all year long, on September 25th, we're going to have a day of service where we elevate this idea of serving others. In fact, serving our community, not just Greenville, but wherever it takes us in Bond County and beyond. So here's where we need your help. On September 25th, we'd like to have an entire worship service here at 830. And then we're going to go out into the community, whether it's uh, Mulberry Grove or Highland or Carlisle, wherever God takes us. And we need to know places we can serve. Maybe it's a single mom who needs her garage door fixed. Or maybe it's an elderly couple who, who needs a refrigerator turn, changed out. Uh, whatever it is that comes to your mind. Maybe uh, it's uh, painting a, a room at the church at the, at the bridge as they uh, begin to meet there and worship. We're going to do things in the community in a big way. And many of you have been trained and equipped to do things that will change someone's life for God's glory. So let us know in the office or an elder or a Sunday school teacher or just share with a friend. We need uh, to compile these impactful things that we're going to do. Do we just do them on September 25th? No, we do them all the time. But this is a day where we're going to make emphasis that we're all doing this together. I am, again, so thankful that the church was the church this week. As we loved on those that are hurting, as we came together to support and care for, keep doing that. I'm going to share with you two more stories, the testimonies of equipping. Not exactly like Don or David or Jared, but somebody you know. If you're a believer, it's that person that first shared the good news with you, that Jesus died so you could say, be saved. Maybe you're here today for the first time. Like Jared said in Japan, there's always people at church for the first time. That happens here often. Maybe you're here with someone and they want you to come to church. It's so that you would know Jesus. It's so that you would know he died, uh, uh, defeated sin and death, and is the king of kings, and he's coming again. That person may have been a pastor that first told you, but it was probably more likely a family member or friend. Man, thank God for them, that they were equipped and trained to tell you about Jesus. For me, the person who first told me about Jesus, his name was Mickey. It was my mom. And from the moment I could begin to understand words and see pictures and stuff, she was telling me about Jesus and singing about Jesus and his love and how he died for me. And that's why I want you to know, you are, many of you are equipped in a very special way. You're a parent or grandparent. 
And I believe you have the most natural training and equipping and proximity to your children to tell them about Jesus than anyone else. Sure, Ben and I would love to talk to your uh, children and grandchildren about Jesus, but you are perfectly equipped to do that because they listen. They, 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 they will uh, soak it up, especially at a young age. There's no greater calling on a parent than to tell your children about Jesus. You might say, well, maybe I don't have a child. Then you're equipped to tell the people that you love, the people you're close to. There's one more testimony I have about how the Lord equips us. And this is the reality that the Lord equips me. I'm a lot like Jared. I went off to Bible college and I was not fully equipped. I'm still not fully equipped. I, I want to give you testimony. Uh, yesterday morning, I had prepared, we had prayed. I know many of you are praying. But when I came in this room with mom and dad of the Ty who had passed away, I was not equipped enough on my own to even walk into this room. It's overwhelming. It brings you to your knees. You're like, God, what are you doing? But somehow God pulled us through for that to be a blessing. And I give credit to the Holy Spirit and just John and Aaron uh, for allowing me to love on them, even though we don't know what to do at times. We don't know what to say. But God is equipping me. And he'll continue to equip you in things that you don't think you can ever handle. Jared's testimony of losing two family members, surprisingly, he, he was not equipped, but God equipped him. God's training him. It's not over. It's a continued process. If you want to be a part of something where you can be equipped beyond any human uh, understanding or, or ability, uh, submit to the Lord, the King of Kings. Because he equips us. And he's not done. Today, I've been equipped and put into proximity to share more about the truth. I had an, an ambitious goal at the beginning of the week to go through this entire chapter. <laughs> Guys, we're on verse 1. But I'm going to read the rest of these verses and just tell you how he also provides and blesses us. He not only equips us in verse 1, look at verse 2, he protects us. It says, He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. This is David saying, hey, I'm king, people come under me, but God's the one who protects. God protects you. He protects you. He also knows you. He knows me. Look what it says here. O Lord, what is man or humans that you regard him, or the son of man that you think in him? Man is like a breath. His days are passing shadow. This is a rhetorical question. He's like, God, why do you even care about us? Why would you even want to equip us? Because God wants to include us in what he's doing. And God knows us. He knows you. In, in Psalms 139 that we read earlier in the week, it says, You knit me together in my mother's womb. You knew me full well before I was even born. God knows you. And he wants to work with you. He also fights for you. He fights for me. Look what it says in verses 5 through 8. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains with the smoke. Uh, flash forth the light and scatter them. Send out the arrows and rout them. He's talking about his enemies. Stretch out your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of the foreigners. These are the enemies who speaks lies, whose right hand is the right hand of falsehood. David says, you fought for me, and God fights for us. The pinnacle way that God fought for us is through his son Jesus. That he wouldn't take up a war, but he would let them come against him and actually crucify him. And then he won that war through his resurrection. 
And in all that, there's this blessing. You can read the rest of this chapter, and it's amazing. It talks about, hey, we can sing a new song because God blesses us. Our, our, our sons grow up, and, and they're strong, and our, our, our children, our, our girls are, are beautiful like the, the structure of this world. He, he, he gets very specific. He says, you produce great crops, and, and you allow uh, our, our cattle to bear great uh, uh, offspring. You do all these things. And he, he says this, there's even peace on the streets. If you desire to have protection, if you desire for God to know you, you've got to first say, God, I trust you as my Lord. Look at this last verse. It says, blessed are the people whom such blessings fall. He's being redundant here. He says, blessings are are on those who are blessed by God. But here's the key to it. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. The protection, the training, the blessing. Him fighting for you all flows when we say, God, we trust you to be the Lord of everything. We trust you to be the King of kings. We trust you uh, to be my master. That's hard. In America, we want to think that we've got everything under control. We're fully equipped for anything. Guys, I'm not fully equipped for tomorrow on my own. But in God, uh, whenever I make him my Lord, anything and everything is possible. 